the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. We talked about the uh, uh, carbon dating of uh, Quranic manuscripts and the difficulties in doing so, and Shoemaker also commented on that difficulty, and he used uh, one of the articles by uh, Van Putin and showed how um, really uh, challenging that might be if you try to use carbon dating to prove a point concerning the accuracy of when a manuscript was written. Today, uh, with me here in studio, Dr. Jay Smith, uh, of course, as always, to unpack all of this, but we're going to talk about one example or one other example using the Sana manuscript. Dr. Jay, welcome back. Yes, hello. The Sana manuscript. This is the manuscript, of course, that was discovered in 1975, uh, and the German scholars were flown down in 1981 to look at it. Uh, Gerd Prin, Dr. von Boltmer, Dr. Oleg. Uh, and they saw immediately that this is a very old script because it had no dots, no vowels on it. It had it had the 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 type of script that would have existed in the late seventh century, moving into the eighth century. And of course, that was exciting, and it was all over the world. Uh, I remember that article by Lester uh, where they quoted uh, Doctor Gerprin. We'll be talking about that later on. But this radiocarbon dating is what I we're talking about right now. And what they did, you have, you have according to what the shoemaker said in 2007, uh, they, uh, there, there appears to be some real problems uh, with uh, obtaining an accurate date for this folio. And that's why it was sent to Radiocarbon Laboratory. And it was in 2007, and they used the, in the University of Arizona, they used what they call the accelerator mass spectrometry, or the AMS is what it's known in shorter form, in Arizona to do some radiocarbon datings. In 2010, uh, Benham Sadegi, who's from Iran, he teaches now at Stanford, and you also have Uwe Bergman, who is from Germany, who is really an expert. Uh, this is his area of field, is radiocarbon dating. He, he, he also works at Stanford. So these two professors, one from Iran, one from Germany, came and they wrote up on the findings uh, from the 2007 findings. Yeah, it's the Sanaa one, basically. The Sanaa one, yeah. yeah. And it was purchased in, at Sotheby's in 1993. What's fascinating, because 
the result that they got, and we're going to look in that result, because when you look at it, they said that if you look at the results, it puts that manuscript or that section that they, they tested within 15 years of Muhammad's death. So mid-7th century, exactly the time you're talking about, this is the time that Uthman uh, would have been commissioning the, the from Zaid uh, ibn Thabit the final text. And so they said, ah, this could be possibly Uthman's own text. And that went all over the world. And they looked at the dates, and the dates in radiocarbon, as I said we earlier, they went from 578 up to 699 with a 95% uh, uh, probability for that time period. 66, 68 per, uh, uh, probability with the date 614 to 656, and 75.1% probability for the dates uh before 646. So you can see there's all these different probabilities, but that's very technical. But the, the conclusion of these two authors is, is that this was, if you look at those dates, this must have been written about the time of Uthman, just, just slightly before the time of Uthman, within 15 years of the Prophet's death. That caused huge shockwaves all over the world. And of course, you can see why everybody, mm-hmm. people... Uh, like Van Putin, loved this because it fits the Noldeki Shwali paradigm, the narrative that this manuscript, here's an example of a manuscript that comes from the time of Uthman. This is what the Islamic narratives talk about. Another uh, scholar named uh, Christian Robin, Robin in English, but Robin in French, decided to take that same manuscript and take the same segment, but send it to other labs because this was just one lab there in California, uh, in Arizona, sorry. And so I'm going to put this, if, if we could go to the screen now, I want to put up the screen now, I want to show you what he found when he looked at this Sana manuscript. So let's go look at the screen, and you can see the uh, the one that was done in 2007, written up by Ben Amsadegi in Bergman, uh, dates was 578 to 669, that's the Arizona laboratory. Robert wanted to go to other laboratories, so he sent it to the Lyon lab, which is there in France, Lyon, France, and got the dates that range from 388 to 643. Now, let's look at those three dates. There you can see I'm putting them up there on the screen. You have uh, chapter or surah chapter 6, uh, verse 159. That's date 643 to 6. 40, uh, that's about the same date there. Uh, then you have the Surah 20, verse uh, 74, 433 to 599, and 388 to 535. There's the, there, uh, you can see the graph there on the left. And that should be 543 to 643. So I'm, I, I misprinted there. That should be a 543 to 643 for the Surah 6. So three different folios and completely different dates. That caused a problem. This suggests that these surahs were written even before Muhammad began to receive the Quran. Right, and, and uh, as people can see it, uh, uh, see that Darush jumped to the rescue and uh, said that the height itself, the leather itself, could be the one that we're faced with that early dates. Yeah, obviously this is a real problem because that's just a second lab, just one other lab. Mm-hmm above and beyond in the Arizona lab, which there's a lot of parameters that come up. And Doroche really comes back on this, and so does Shoemaker. And Shoemaker says, if we're already getting these different 
different dates from different folios within the same manuscript. Inconsistency, basically. Obviously, what you're looking at is these folios that come from different goats. That's right. Killed at different time exactly. periods. Exactly. And some of them could have been there for decades. Others could have been there for a century. Others could have been maybe a few weeks earlier when they finally used it. Which means it cannot prove that the writing happened during the time of Uthman. Absolutely. So can you just see from one piece that was from different folios, not just from one folio, not just from one. And remember, it's just a little smart part of a folio. You can see that you're getting different dates, 543 to 643, 433 to 599, 388 to 535. That is a range of 388 to 643. You're talking almost 200 years range just from those three folios, proving that there's a problem with radiocarbon dating. What We'd, I'd like to do next, however, is go even beyond that because it was it wasn't just sent to Lyon; it was sent to two other labs, another lab in Zurich and another lab in Germany. So now we're going to look at in the next episode. What I want to do in the next episode is look and see what happens when you send it to four labs, comparing it with the one in America. Sorry, not the one in America. Let's forget, let's pull back from Arizona. They wanted to compare the Arizona one with the one from Oxford, from Lyon, from Zurich, and from Kiel. Look and see what we get just by looking at one fragment. Now, this is just not three different folios. Now we're just talking about one fragment, but four different labs. And you're going to see that this problem is even enlarged. So that's what we're going to do next as we unpack this. We're going to look at, at those other labs to show you that this is not only inaccurate, it's also making the point that Shoemaker said very beginning, and that is, be careful what you're dating. You're right. dating just the death of the animal and the time of carbon deterioration from that death. And, and Jay, let me ask a question. Uh, I mean, so we go back to Van Putin, smart guy. It's obvious that he is passionate about the field and he's writing a lot of articles and so on and so forth. Someone like Van Putin or others like him, how come they do not really uh, at least acknowledge the dilemma, the problem, and relying on carbon dating as a proof of something like those manic traditions? I think what you're having here is you're, there's a difficulty because, and I haven't talked to Van Putin. I don't know him. I would love to ask him this question. But I think what you're having is that these people have to keep to a certain agenda. They have a presupposition in place. And if you start from the presupposition that everything happens at the mid-7th century, at the time of Uthman, and he commissioned five, remember, he, he, it's the Islamic tradition from the 9th century. This is from al-Buhari. This is from the late 9th century, 870, that gives us the story. And it's from 850 to 870, that's 240 years later, redacted back to the 7th century, that tells us for the first time that it's Uthman that has Zaidim and Thabit create this one manuscript, which five copies are made. One was left in Medina, one was sent to Mecca, one was sent to Basra, one was sent to Kufa, and one was sent to Damascus. Therefore, these five manuscripts must exist. We're only talking about 1,400 years ago. So that's the Islamic narrative. That's yeah. the standard Islamic narrative that Van Putin's trying to prove. But that's, that's written by Al-Dani. But in the same in the same breath, in the same area, in the same paragraph, Al-Dani gives... Other alternatives, it was five, and then it could have been seven, it could have been nine. So why are we hung up on five only? 
Well, you're right. It could be because he also talks about Alexandria. He also talks about Bahrain, Aden. He also talks about uh, what are the other places that are way off, way off in the east. So he gives nine different cities. Right. And I think because of that, there was a dispute as even in the ninth century. But these are all ninth century. When you're redacting it back, you can pretty much say any type thing you want. Nonetheless, whether it's five or nine, you can see Van Putin's problem. He has got to support that. That's why he loves carbon dating, because he's now suggesting that these are the ones that the, that uh, Al-Dani and also Al-Buhari are referring to. Well, is that so? But they were written later. Ah, yes. Yeah, Council but of Al-Dani carbon dating then puts it up to the 7th century. He says, therefore, we can trust the standard Islamic narrative. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. Pry, we're going to show you that the radiocarbon dating is not trustworthy. That's for the next episode. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for joining us here. Until next time, have a blessed day. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back after this message. You're listening to Let Us Reason with Al Fadi. We depend on the generous gifts of our supporters to produce this program. To join us in this work, go to patreon.com and search for CIRA International. That's C-I-R-A International. You can also donate through PayPal. Go to CIRAinternational.com to learn more. Your support will help us continue introducing Muslims to the gospel of Christ. Now, back to Let Us Reason. Uh, We've been talking about carbon dating of Quranic manuscripts. We even started it to talk about the Sana'a manuscript last time, and today we'll continue with our discussions concerning the Sana'a manuscript. Dr. J, thank you as always. Uh, So, you, you mentioned at least two of the four labs that were used to do carbon dating on the Sana'a manuscripts known to be one of the earliest Quranic manuscripts, and at the same time, it's known as palimpsest. Yeah. Now, there are five labs, really, we're going to talk about, but four in Europe, and it's the four European labs that I'm interested in right now, uh, because these four European labs do not support what the one in Arizona uh, had, the earliest one that uh, Sedegi and uh, Bergman and also Uri Bergman were the ones uh, that, that was their material work from Stanford University. We want to go to Europe because now we're talking about other the same type of scientific experiment on the Sana manuscript, but you're going to get completely or not completely, but very different results. So let's go to the screen and let's look and see uh, on the screen what we have here. And we have the th- three from three other labs besides the Lyon labs. Because we, in the last episode, we looked at the Lyon lab. It did not agree with what we have in Stanford or what we have in Arizona. This, this The same sample from the very same uh, manuscript, the very same goat because it's the same page. And also Christian Robin did uh, some testing as well. He did the one in Lyon because he's right. French. He did the one in Lyon. Right. So they, they wanted to send these to other, three other European laboratories, the, the Research Laboratory for Archaeology and the History of Art at the University of Oxford, uh, the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Zurich, and then the Leibniz. I'm not even going to get into that. I'll desecrate the German language. But there you see in Kiel. So those, you have Oxford, Zurich, and Kiel, England, Switzerland, and Germany. Now take a look. There's the Lyon Laboratory, 388 to 535. In Zurich, the same material... Uh, had dates of 565 to 660. In Kiel, it was 430 to 495. Uh, and then in Oxford, 595 to 6, 
58. Let's look at a graph. Now, this is a graph that Dr. Mark Durig, good friend of ours, you've used him uh, for, uh, with your doctoral work. Uh, I know him. I've been on the same platform with him. He's a good friend. We keep in touch. He sent me this. I asked him if he could, because he's done a, a lot of study on Al-Jalad's material on the Arabic, and he's also done study on these uh, radiocarbon dating results. So he put together this graph here. Uh, of course, it's hard to look at it. It's hard to say, let me just uh, unpack it for you. So looking at the Leon, there's the Leon dates and those 388 to 535. So take a look there of that in the blue. That's the Leon dates for their radiocarbon date of the same manuscript, the same piece. Here you have uh, the uh, Kiel German uh, dating and of course they dated from 430 to 495. Can you see visually how different they are when you look at on a graph? Uh, when we look at the Zurich switch dating, it's 565 to 660. Can you see in the green there? That is quite a bit different than the one that you have in Kiel. And then of course the Oxford one, the the last one, they, it is uh, 595 to 658. Just looking at those four together, it's between 390 and 550 is what we're getting here. And Islam, let me repeat it, Islam started it in the year 610 AD if we were to take the traditional narrative seriously. Yeah. Note uh, that the life of Muhammad's dates would be from 570 to 632. That's when he lived. So we're talking about, uh, that's his life there. We're talking about between 80 and 220 years too early. These are way too early. Uh, they. You can see why the problem. This uh, is a problem. Uh, will emerge if you use the early dates. That's right, because then this means this has nothing to do with Muhammad. Uh, when you look at when the Quran is put together, which I've just circled up there, notice that was put together at the time of Uthman, six fifty-two. Well, this is one hundred and two to two hundred sixty years too early. Yes. So real problem here. And if I, uh, I would comment, uh, it's fair to say that's the age of the animal skin, but do not use those dates when they're favorable uh, to, to your, let's say, uh, uh, dating uh, agenda and claim that they are proof that the writing was done in a certain date. Absolutely. That's yeah. a, that's all we're trying yeah. to say. Yeah. So, and, and we're not going to say that they're, and even, you know, here's the irony. I don't even care if these dates are correct. They are correct, but I don't even care if this is the case. Because what this tells me is that this material comes from pre-Islamic, pre-Quranic, pre-Muhammad writings, which we know existed. They were in Arabic. These are, these are the sectarian uh, writings. We also know that this is the Syro-Aramaic writings that were made in and then were then translated into Arabic for the Arabic-speaking people. That has been going on since the 5th and 6th century. Why is it we would be surprised that these would not exist? But we're not going to go there yet. That's something we're going to talk about. Let's look at their conclusions. So let's go to the next slide. So what are the conclusions when you look at these dates? Well, Dorosh says this. He says, one could perhaps explain dates that were too late as the result of some sort of contamination by another substance that was interfering with the obtaining a correct analysis of the amount of radiocarbon present in the parchment leaves. That's true. And there could be all kinds of contamination. We don't know. Uh, Fidelity talks about the fact that when you put these parchment in large metal boxes, even the secretion from the metal boxes would also have, would affect the, 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 the radiocarbon dating. And the fact that there's not, they're not open to the air would also have effect in how they start to deteriorate or not. 
If they're in a damp environment, especially if they're in a monastery and they're in damp environment, that would affect also the radiocarbon deterioration. So he says such early dates, however, as much are much harder to explain, and yet they cannot be accepted. Instead, the problem may lie with the conditions, arid, semi-arid climate that we were mm-hmm. talking about earlier, under which the cattle, the hides of which were later turned into parchment or raised, or in this case, goats or deer. Any regardless, he's saying this is a difficulty. We have not even taken this into consideration, and you need to do so. Because if you don't do so, then of course you're gonna you're gonna trust these dates without realizing they are much too early. They're, they predate Islam. They predate Muhammad. They predate the Quran. Not a problem if you don't if you realize that much of the Quran is borrowed from other or other texts, as we're going to see later on. So, what does Shoemaker say? What is his conclusions? Let's go ahead and read what he says. Such results hardly settle the matter, but instead only confirm that, once again, something clearly is not working correctly with this method. This method has shown itself incapable in its current practice of producing consistent and reliable results for objects fashioned in Western Asia during the early Middle Ages. At the very least, it certainly is not working in the case of this manuscript, the Sana manuscript. So that's the that's the difficulty with carbon dating. It's just exactly. too inexact. And for people like Van Putin, if he's going to continue saying this, this pretty much shuts down any argument against uh, mid seventh century dating. He needs to be careful because the scholars are not going to agree with him. There are a lot of people who are agreeing with him because they want to agree with him. And if you do agree and you're being that simplistic, I would suggest that you need to look at the science. The science does not suggest what he's trying to say. And then that's the case uh, with many scholars. You have the pro for the scholars and the uh, uh, you know those who are against what the scholar is saying. But here at least it's really a tricky situation when you have someone like Deroche actually agreeing with the dilemma. Um, you have to take this issue very seriously. And like you said, it's not as simple as just let's look at a date that matches the Islamic traditional narrative, the uh, standard Islamic narrative, if you wish, and, and run with it. Because, um, you know, like Shoemaker says, okay, well, I can run with the later dates. And in my case, I like to run with the early dates and we have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. What are we going to talk about? Uh, what are we uh, going to talk about next? No, we're going to stay with the Sana manuscript. We want to stay with because remember what we talked about earlier when we were looking and introducing the Sana manuscript a number of episodes ago. That there is a unique thing. Uh, there is a palimpsest. Palimpsest means there are two layers: a lower and an upper layer of script. We're going to unpack that. We're going to talk about it. We're going to show you that this also fascinating has to be taken into consideration because what we're going to find out is the two layers do not agree. Exactly. Thank you so much as always. Thank you everyone for watching us. This is, of course, uh, our video series on creating the Quran. It is based on a book by Dr. Stephen Shoemaker. And uh, Jay, if you can hand me the book, I want to Uh, let people see uh, the cover of this book. This is the book that we're talking about. You can find it, by the way, on Amazon uh, or other sources, uh, whatever the case might be. But we highly encourage you, if you want to track along with what we're saying here, to get the book so that everything that we are sharing uh, makes sense to you. Some of the pages that uh, Jay have referenced come from this book. And uh, Shoemaker did an excellent job of... uh, Uh, you know, synthesizing a lot of uh, material that is out there and bringing it 
into a simplified fashion to where it makes sense now how you can look at the big picture. And if you remember, myself and, and Dr. J, we've been talking about this sin issue, which is the standard Islamic narrative problem, the holes in that narrative, uh, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. And I think this book uh, adds more confirmations to that discussion. So thank you again, Dr. J. Thank you, everyone, for watching. This is Al-Fadi, over and out. Blessings to you. Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.